Hello, everybody. My name's Michaela Essery, and welcome to Grey's Fever. This is the podcast where we dive deep into Grey's Anatomy. So after 14 years and 16 seasons, the hit show is the longest-running medical primetime drama on television, passing the widely loved ER this past February. And I don't mean to brag, but they did set that record on my birthday. Seems like kind of a big deal for a Grey's fan. Grace is ABC's most popular show among adults under 50, and it's the second most popular on the entirety of broadcast TV. But with endless cast changes, controversies, and just the fact of being a medical drama on air for 14 years, how has the show stayed on top for so long? We'll get there, but let's start with a little bit of background of how the show came to be. Grey's Anatomy premiered on March 27, 2005, and it was never intended to blow up the way that it did. ABC was actually using the medical drama as a mid-season replacement for the law comedy Boston Legal, but they were pleasantly surprised with the feedback they initially got. The show was renewed with a permanent home at ABC, proving fans have loved it since the very beginning. So I was a bit too young in 2005 to be watching a show revolving around gruesome injuries and sex in on-call rooms, but I have been a huge fan of Grey's Anatomy since 2013. Like... I have a whole Grey's Anatomy wardrobe, and I can even recite some iconic scenes from memory. One thing I stand firm on about the show is that the episodes are clearly phenomenally executed. There's a great variety in plots throughout episodes and seasons, the cast and characters show diversity among each other, and there's plenty of unexpected twists and turns that keeps viewers interested. But the show isn't perfect, that's for sure. Moving into some juicy gossip here, Grace has a history with problematic cast members, specifically in the earlier seasons. Isaiah Washington, who played Dr. Preston Burke, was the center of serious controversy when it was leaked that he slurred homophobic remarks about his co-star, T.R. Knight, who played Dr. George O'Malley. Knight wasn't openly gay at the time, but he did come out of the closet after the events mentioned were released to the public. It's interesting because after all the drama from the situation, they actually chose not to renew Washington's contract, even though many cast members said the issue was resolved and that the people involved had moved on. It makes me wonder why they ultimately decided to write him off the show. Did they fear viewership would suffer for supporting someone who was openly homophobic? Shonda Rhimes has always showed her dedication to diversity of all aspects, so could it just be Rhimes letting her personal beliefs make that decision? One issue that stuck with me since I first heard of it was about Katherine Heigl. And I feel like I don't even have to tell you what happened, but for those of you who aren't as obsessed, I mean familiar with Grey's Anatomy as myself, allow me to explain. She was known as a huge diva on set and declined her Emmy nomination in 2008 for her role as Izzy Stevens because she felt the writing wasn't good enough to warrant her an Emmy nomination. Now, everyone is entitled to their own opinion, but seriously... Not only is that a huge bash to the writers of the show, but she's sort of bashing herself in the process. Even if you feel the writing is not up to par, whatever that outline for up to par would be, your acting and betrayal of the character is what really makes them a real person, and is what got her the nomination in the first place. It just seems clear by this comment that she wasn't totally satisfied with her role in the show. Maybe her head was a little too big. Whatever the ultimate reasoning may be, her character was written off the show after six seasons in true Grey's Anatomy style. She got cancer, survived it, then goes crazy and leaves anyways, incorporating all the twists that Grey's fans live for. But not all cast members left on a bad note, our beloved McDreamy being one of them. 
Fans were a little bit worried when we saw less and less of him on our TV screens. And then our worst nightmares came true when they killed off Dr. Derek Shepard in a tragic car crash. Shonda Rhimes has admitted to writing characters off the show for not liking the actors, leading many curious fans to start conspiracies about why exactly McDreamy had to go. The rumors were that Patrick Dempsey, the actor who plays Dr. Shepard, was turning into a bit of a diva on set. And if we remember anything from the Katherine Heigl situation, Shonda Rhimes does not put up with divas. However, both Dempsey and Rhimes cleared the air by saying it was a mutual and amicable decision, with Dempsey saying he wants more time for his family. Seems valid to me, but that doesn't mean Grey's fans don't miss seeing that beautiful face light up their television screens. I could make an exhaustive list of who all has been killed off or written off of Grey's Anatomy, but I don't think I could fit that many names into the rest of this podcast. However, a few notable cast departures would include T.R. Knight, who plays Dr. George O'Malley, Sandra Oh, who plays Dr. Christina Yang, Sarah Ramirez as Dr. Callie Torres, Eric Dane as Dr. Mark Sloan, Kyler Lay as Dr. Lexi Gray, Jessica Capshaw as Dr. Arizona Robbins, and Sarah Drew as Dr. April Kepner. And I bet you're surprised that isn't an exhaustive list. But that just proves how many people have come and gone from the series. All the cast members I listed had been on the show since the first few seasons, many since episode one. So that leaves us with one question. How can a show stay so popular with so many cast changes? Well, even with all these cast changes, a big part of the success is from what's left of the cast. When the old record holder ER launched its finale for the series and 331st episode overall, they had no remaining original cast members left in the series. Not even the star of the show. In comparison, Grace has lost half of its original cast members, but that still leaves four remaining, including our leading lady, Ellen Pompeo as the badass Dr. Meredith Grey. A popular opinion among many TV lovers is that you can't get rid of the main character of the show and expect it to do well, which could explain how Grey's will have successfully made it far past 331 episodes by the end of its run. It's also interesting to take note of the difference in ratings between the two shows. Where Grey's Anatomy episodes sit at a higher demographic rating than ER did, the viewer ratings for individual episodes vary by a landslide. The 331st episode of Grey's Anatomy reached an audience of nearly 7 million viewers, where the same episode of ER reached 16 million. The series premiere of ER reached a whopping 24 million viewers, with Grey's only reaching 16 million. How can one show be more popular in viewers, but the other have a higher demographic rating? The answer is simple. Streaming services. And streaming services deserve a huge credit to the success of Grey's Anatomy. In 2010, Grey's moved its way over to Netflix US, which was just starting as a streaming service at the time. As time has passed and cable TV becomes less popular, more young adults are using streaming services to get their content. It seems as though a whole new era of young adults are watching Grey's on Netflix. When season 10 was released to the platform, the ratings for Grey's went up, which is very, very uncommon for a show that far along in the series. ABC executives actually credit the jump to teenage girls and young women who were too young for the series when it first came out and were watching it on Netflix for the first time. Season 10 was released in September 2013, which is just two months shy of when I first started watching the series. To me, that proves ABC's theory of why ratings went up. And to add to that, 
TV executive Ben Sherwood himself credited Netflix for the success of Grey's Anatomy past season 13. I'd say that's pretty impressive on Netflix's part. Grey's Anatomy has also been spot on with addressing common world and social issues and staying up to date with every episode they produce. They recently shot an episode about the process that a rape victim must go through at the hospital and the difficulties these patients may face. The episode shows overwhelming support by women at the hospital, showing real-life victims of rape that they have people supporting them as well. Inspiration for this episode was sparked by Christine Blasey Ford's testimony against Brett Kavanaugh, which was a very publicized incident. Shonda Rhimes even fought with ABC executives to produce the episode, proving her dedication to addressing social issues. Grace has also made episodes regarding domestic abuse, racism, mental health, and LGBTQ discrimination. Using your platform to address these issues is extremely valued in this day and age and is likely a big contributor to why Grace has been successful since 2005. There's likely many more reasons why Grace has been able to stay on top after 14 years, but the ones I mentioned justify it enough. If you're still not convinced after all that, watch the show yourself to get a glimpse of some of that Shondaland magic. But that's all we have time for today. Thank you all for tuning in to this episode of Grey's Fever. Our next segment will be that exhaustive list of everyone who has died on the show. So be sure to brace yourselves for that one. My name's Michaela Esri, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>